0: This is Larry Zerner Shelley from Friday 13th part 3. You're on Nightmare Junkhead. Hey genius, fuck you too.
1: In and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that has a newfound appreciation for copyright law. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're kicking off a month-long case of deja vu as we talk some of our favorite horror remakes, and we're starting things by taking a bite out of 1990's Night of the Living Dead. And whether you are all messed up or not, you can you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All
0: opinion they're coming to get you, Barbara. Whole. Oh.
1: And if you find yourself holed up in a house with some good Wi-Fi, you can find us out on social media. We are on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on the Book of Face where we have an events tab, which again leads to shenanigans
0: and cyber shenanigans.
1: And as this episode is releasing on Friday, July 3rd, if you are, we have some in-person shenanigans, which mm-hmm. is great, and we have some virtual shenanigans. And if you're feeling up to be an in, in-person, just head over to ScreenLand.com. A whole weekend of great genre films, Yep. but two in particular that stick out that I'm actually shocked that we haven't actually devoted entire episodes to. Plural. Uh, multiple, ultimately. Right. Uh, on Friday, uh, Friday evening. Outdoors, and let me just say this I did attend Beetlejuice in the outdoor setting last weekend. It was
0: fantastic. Hey, come here. I got something good for you. There was something good for <laughs> us all. We said it once,
1: we said it twice.
0: Third down the jar.
1: And so, everyone was socially distanced, mm-hmm. mask plenty. It was really good, but.
0: Yeah, it's a very safe environment there. They it's, do really well keeping you feeling safe.
1: I'm really impressed with what they've done over there. But what the, what's great, though, is uh, Friday night, they're going to be an outdoor screening of
0: Ghostbusters.
1: Know, who are you going to call? <laughs> and then Saturday on the outdoors is uh, Steven Spielberg's Jaws.
0: Yep, they should yeah. they should have closed the beaches. I mean, they they warned them. They warned them. Let's they all, warned them. Let's
1: not be Mayor Vaughn, ladies and gentlemen. They if there's anything him. to walk away from from that,
0: but you can unless also unless you got one of those cool ass suits. If you got those cool suits with the anchors, the anchors. Okay, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Be Mayor Vaughn. But if not, yeah.
1: I would put Don't. that up as wallpaper in my bathroom right? if I could. Right? Sincerely, that stuff is so rad. Yep. Uh, but they're also screening indoors as well. So whether you want to see it out or in, just head to ScreenLand.com. And of course, ScreenLand Online's for some virtual screenings. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, on Saturday, July 4th. Mm-hmm. And listen, I know not everyone out there likes fireworks. Uh, I'm And I'm one of those people. I didn't enjoy them growing up. I, as a person with an animal that hates fireworks i really dislike them now
0: see i love fireworks i fucking love fireworks <laughs> like i don't like going out and lighting them myself but i like the big displays and all that it makes me feel like bill the butcher in the gangs of new york when he's walking the five boroughs make a fish right and like he's just walking he's got the uh do you walk around your neighborhood top, in a top hat? hat you know i got a top hat right i'm like I drink your milkshake. Wrong movie, but still. And so, like, no. But now that I have an animal too I understand that the animals don't dig it So and like, there is a whole
1: yeah. group of people that are that do not like anything that's going on the 4th of July.
0: Plus time. there's a lot of fuckers that like to blow shit up like way late at night before and after the 4th oh, Fuck yeah, the, yourself.
1: The two weeks beforehand is really it's, rough r- as it is anyway. It's
0: terrible and like okay go ahead and light shit up at like 8 in the night right but then stop it then don't it's, do it at 4 in the morning. So
1: if you feel like holding up on Saturday July Sorry, 4th
0: tangent.
1: we do have indeed something for you another shutter shout out double feature Ooh. where we screen two films streaming off of shutter but what is great is we include a customized pre-show mm-hmm. intro trailer reels and everything that can be part and you just have to be part of the fil- uh, Screenland film family but what two films are we going to be streaming genius
0: Ooh, we're going to be talking about the uh jen wexler written and directed uh, throwback slasher called the ranger and we're gonna sit around a little bit and we're gonna listen to some lore of the campfire telling of his horror lost in the woods with the madman and the stars we're going camping with some Mad Mad mars in madman this movie is dope
1: we're going into the woods a little Basically, don't go in the woods double feature. exactly. Ultimately. Clean Uh, up
0: after yourselves.
1: And like I said, it's basically like we're hosting at your home, which Mm -hmm. I, I guess we're trying to sell it ultimately, but- Beyond us, there's a lot of good stuff uh, that's involved with the shutter shout out.
0: You get all the good stuff of the live shows in the comfort of your own home.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's like we're programming things for you. For you, you. yeah. <laughs> and, if that, and that's just the tip of the tier, ultimately, when it comes to what Screenland is offering. So if you're interested in becoming a member of their film family, head over to patreon.com slash screenland. And speaking of... Patreon and Film Family, Hey, palies. We are technically here in the month of July. We are now into our third month. All right. Of exclusive Patreon content. Hope you guys are enjoying it so far. I I know we have actually yeah. ultimately, <laughs> yeah, uh, including the commentary this month. And I'll I'll just hopefully maybe to entice any of you that are maybe well, why why should I you know join the Film Family? Well, we'll be offering up a commentary track. We're enrolling at this little camp called Camp Arawak, Mm -hmm. and uh, is this something that,
0: uh, hmm? Hmm. Why, just the other day, I was thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful if we did a sleepaway camp commentary? Wouldn't that be lovely of us? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think it would. Mm -hmm.
1: So if you want to hear us say something along the lines of, uh, eat shit and die,
0: (laughs) eat shit and live,
1: check it out. Uh, But... Another perk, ultimately. And again, we have tiers, everything from a squiddly-diddly to another time.
0: Another place.
1: And part of the perks, ultimately, is we like to give a little, what do you call it, genius?
0: A little, uh, hey, Pellies, a little shout-out to the (laughs) pallies.
1: Because ultimately, when we're putting it together... You just immediately adopt the Bronson and <laughs>
0: Patreon Pellies.
1: I think it's any time you say the word "pal." I think or so, pally.
0: pal. Because at first I was like, "Hey, it's a Patreon pal," and then I'm like it's the Patreon Pellies. It's the jacket off. <laughs> really, we gotta, really? Gonna, okay, stay on explain brand. Explain that joke. One of these days we're gonna do a ten to midnight episode. I, so I, I totally pushed
1: for a ten to midnight uh, episode after our Cobra episode because I thought it would have followed up nicely. But Gene's like, "No, no, no. Let's let's expand a little here." But yes, the whole thing, whenever Genius adopts not only the Bronson, but that specific soundbite...
0: It's checking off
1: ...does come from a horror-adjacent film called 10 to Midnight. Mm-hmm. And it is, if you ever needed to see Charles Bronson brandishing... A marital aid made for maybe a horse, potentially. Yeah, a
0: gigantic King Kong's marital aid.
1: It has a pull start, basically.
0: Yeah, it does. does. It's like the thing that you saw in Naked Gun 2. (laughs) But for real. But for real. (laughs) (laughs)
1: But that's the kind of craziness you get there, ultimately. And honestly, it's a film I would love to see on the big screen. And I guarantee if it did play somewhere here in town, our next Patreon pally would be there. Uh Uh, And I will say, ultimately, again, one of the things I've really enjoyed with not only hosting a lot of the screenings uh when we're out and about but ultimately just when i attend screenings as well Mm -hmm. and ultimately you see start again you always see a lot of the familiar faces especially when people enjoy the same stuff you find your tribe ultimately absolutely we're all speaking the same language Mm -hmm. and this particular individual i had started to notice at a lot of the screenings because Mm -hmm. Always the hair, you know, always the crazy hair, which means it's a young'un. Uh, but also just always the good genre films and everything. So a little shout out here to Heather Fairies. Mm-hmm.
0: She is like the visa of horror. She's everywhere you want to be, right? <laughs> Whenever and she's. we see her at the cons, yep. we see her at Mary Axe, yep. City Horror Club stuff, yep. screening. She's all over the place and she knows her shit
1: and that's just it i think ultimately there are quite a few people ultimately when they show up you know you're in good hands for Mm -hmm. the most part that you know this is the place to be which is always a good thing
0: and she knows your shit too i mean she's well versed and well steeped in horror um she's actually does a a podcast too called scary as heck and Uh, so there we
1: go yeah there we go
0: so she she's pretty rad. No, of course. Like actually, I said actually, she's fucking rad. She's a pally. She's fucking rad.
1: And uh, thank you again, Heather, you know, for obviously being part of the film family. And, and a, she's
0: got cool tattoos too.
1: And for having cool tattoos too. Yeah. What am I chop liver her over here? No, Come no, no, on, no. man. She uh
0: she has this she has like a whole scene of the Lost Boys. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, and see? it's like and it's the one where they're hanging from the bridge. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a whole scene.
1: Oh, see. See, this is why I probably should have waited ultimately on all my work, because all the stuff I did in my early 20s, I was still kind of figuring out who I was, and I'm not going to lie, man. I wouldn't mind having some Lost Boys on me. I wouldn't mind having Tin Capella on the back with his sacks.
0: Hey, there's still time. I still believe. You still believe. (laughs) Well, thank you, Heather, for
1: believing in us. Fucking rad. And ultimately, if you would like a shout-out or to be a part of our film family, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead. Okay, so we have, before in the past, we've devoted uh, month-long themes. Mm-hmm. Um, we've really enjoyed it for the most part because yeah. it keeps us organized.
0: Yes, and it helps. Like, what are you talking about, boom bars. Um, yeah. <laughs> <Like so. laughs> but
1: also, more than anything, to explore some of these themes. Yes. Uh, whether they be slashers, uh, horror comedies, what have you. But ultimately, within the horror community, and I think within maybe just genre in general, there is a term that you can throw out and guaranteed, if you're in a group of people, it's going to enrage someone. Such
0: ire. Such iron hatred with this word. It is
1: unreal. It is a killing word in many communities. Uh, we're talking about... Remakes. <laughs> which I, 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 I don't... I understand the passion behind some of the hate when people don't
0: dislike remakes but there's also a lot of blindness too yeah and that's what that's where that's what gets me because i've been in this debate especially because now that the new child's play came out yes um i hear like there's no such thing as a good remake and i refuse to watch it because it's a remake and blah 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 and i'm like one that's stupid okay to refuse it just because like it, it not even giving it a chance, mm-hmm. you know, sight unseen. That's mm-hmm. that's that's. Blind. You're limiting yourself. You're very limiting yourself. And to say that there's no such thing as a good remake, that's that's false. That's a false statement. Well, and
1: I guarantee, if you ask him one of his top five horror films, he'll say the thing.
0: Yeah, not even knowing it's a remake. Exactly. Or or, or Rob Zombie's Halloween. <laughs> oh, hey, no, again, no, no. Your favorite, I'm, I'm saying that. No, 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 that's that's a <laughs> because, debate that I had. Yep. On the, like, oh, wait, there's what? no such thing as a really good remake. And I'm like, well, what's your favorite movie? Halloween. Which one? Rob Zombie. And I'm like, dude. Dude. Separate. Dude. Step back. Dude. Dude. You know? So it's like, it's just like, you're it, you're like the people who refuse to watch movies because they're subtitles. Unless sure. you can't read. Sure. <laughs> Same thing with this. Unless you can't read. There's no reason not to give a remake at least a fair chance.
1: And I think ultimately my whole thing is it, it doesn't erase the original. No,
0: it's still there. And it might be better. It might
1: be. People will come to the original potentially. They'll reverse engineer.
0: Yeah. So remakes, remakes are, it, it, its not even a double-edged sword with remakes. Because even if that remake sucks they're still going to be there then that's cements the fact like how these good the movies, was. Yeah, you can't touch these originals you know so like yeah that i think see, I, remakes not necessary but they're good to have. Yeah, and so
1: ultimately what we're saying is we are fans yeah. of remakes.
0: All horror is good to have. Uh,
1: there we go, ultimately. Yeah. You get, what does Stephen King say? Like the worst horror film he's seen. Is the
0: best uh, horror yeah. film he's seen. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Always
1: something for everyone, ultimately. So we are fans of it. I think it ultimately is something that does, does need to happen, ultimately, because you can... Maybe a franchise can find new fans yeah, potentially. And I'm exploring new audience. Always
0: willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm always willing to give it a try. And, let, and you know what I'll go. I'll go on the record right now saying, if someone remakes Midsummer, I'll go see it. I'll go see the remake of Hereditary because I want to see how the different it is. Can Can't we, get no worse.
1: Can Can we then plan a and program a marathon of Wicker Man, Midsummer, and then the remake of Midsummer? <laughs> right. Yeah. There we go. And guarantee, genius will be frolicking insane. naked by the just end of it. Just going
0: insane. Hey, who's got more lemonade? So-,
1: <laughs> so again, we appreciate remakes, which is why we are devoting a month. Uh-huh. To some of our favorite remakes. Mm-hmm. And again, we're talking our favorite ones here. So we're not necessarily going to tweak. We are technically exploring one. Yeah. That we haven't seen. Right. But I think everything else for the most part is something that we have seen multiple times and enjoyed. Yes, correct. Excellent. Okay, good. Establish, establishing that initially here. But one thing that we are going to talk throughout the month of July here are three things when it comes to remakes. hmm first I would kind of almost like to establish kind of going mouth of March madness here a criteria ultimately of when is it when is the right time for a remake and I'm yeah. talking about years ultimately you know is uh, what kind of passage of time are we talking one year two year ten years 20 years 30 years I want to kind of establish a good round number initially and I have one in mind mm-hmm. that I'm going to throw out to you to and defend ultimately okay unless you have something right on the top of your head
0: I have well, just coming to thinking about it, I have one number. Throw it out to me. 15. Really? 15. I think 15 is a good year to wait. Get the fuck out of town, dude. Get the fuck out of town. Okay, I like he, that. Here's here's. My... <laughs> wow. We did not rehearse this. No, that Magic. was... Magic. <laughs> um... Okay, no, so I'm thinking 15 years because that gives it at least a whole generation. Mm-hmm. The times will change. The problems will change. Everything will change in 15 years. Five years is not enough. 20 years might even be too long. Now, at 15 minimum, because mm, okay, yes, something, 15 minimum, because depending on the subject matter, you might have to change every single thing from ground fucking up and to to make it relevant to make it prescient to make it or make the story yours so 15 years at least a good generation
1: i like that and i also i also had 15 down now initially though mine built from the 10 years which we always talk about where a horror film really establishes its legacy if people are still talking about it 10 years later it's good Mm -hmm. it's um but then i think then you add that extra five years on top of that and then not only do you have something that is you know maybe people are still talking about but like you said it can be adapted to a new audience potentially
0: because the time to breathe
1: yes and that's it you do need that time because we've talked about it before even on into the mouth of march madness with the let me in yeah remake
0: absolutely unnecessary remake well, and like like they're talking about train to busan making it, a remake for train to busan that's unnecessary it, why because you don't want to read and that's you know? just
1: it it's in in well and then so We've established. Then, ideally, ideally, we would like to see at least fifteen years. Yes, for this to be a not necessarily a successful remake, but a remake that maybe needs to be yeah, done.
0: Yeah, it's like okay, it's its shelf life is ready. There
1: we go. There yeah. we go. The shelf life. Now, the second thing I want to have us talk about is ultimately, is the remake different? Because if you go to something like Psycho, yeah, which has a famous shot-for-shot remake, you know, th- is that is that a remake ultimately? what is what is different it has to be a remake
0: because it's not a reimagining
1: and that's the other thing ultimately as well as that whole concept of the remake versus a reimagining but ultimately i want to make sure that is there something different in the remake (laughs) what is it bringing new to the table is it
0: necessary
1: and that's that is ultimately it is it necessary and then ultimately why do you think this was remade Mm -hmm. and let's face it sometimes it's as simple as the almighty dollar yeah it could
0: be a crash grab could be like hey there's a story here
1: But then that's just it as well. So that's what I also. So we're going to look at uh, the shelf life years in between. uh, How is it different? And again, why has it been remade ultimately? Now, that being said, we had a number of films that we could have kicked off with. um, And I wanted to focus on this one ultimately because not only is it remaking one of the seminal horror films. Yeah. Like, the horror film that kicked off the modern era it's for a, a lot of people. a
0: movie that's in the National fucking Registry. A it's... film that
1: is not only important to the horror film genre, but to f- independent filmmaking mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And just the importance of George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead.
0: Yeah. A literal masterpiece. A, uh,
1: that plays probably even more prescient and relevant today, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, still came, has still the the, the zombies has, still have
0: bite. Yes, they, it's, it's
1: not even the zombies ultimately. Yeah. But But um, coming out in 1968, this is George A. Romero's, like you said, it's a masterpiece. Uh, but it is an independent film. It is a film that made its rounds on 35 through all you know throughout the country, and ultimately, not only did it usher in the modern zombie film,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not called zombies in Night no. of the Living Dead, Ghouls <laughs> ghouls. <laughs> do your all selves a favor if anything with um the dead don't die
0: at least you see the trailer with adam driver saying
1: his delivery of ghouls it's like a full body thing it is incredible uh but this uh, this established so many things in the world of horror uh, that i think a lot of people ultimately take for granted because without night of the living dead there's no walking dead Mm mm-hmm there's no Resident Evil.
0: No, there's no Return of the Living Dead. There's no anything that, anything remotely with the zombies. Without Return of the Living Dead, the zombies would still be like slaved human, man, mindless. I think
1: white zombie. Yeah,
0: voodoo zombies. We, we wouldn't have anything remotely near. We wouldn't have the debate like, is 28 Days Later zombies. zombies or not, or virus? Virus, by the way. But we wouldn't have that kind of like discord without this movie. Yeah, Romero really created
1: that discourse. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's stuff that we still talk about today. Uh something that is at this point going to be going on damn near fifty some odd years. Yeah. That's, That's incre- crazy. That is beyond crazy that it is that and again, I had a chance probably within the last year to host a screening when Criterion released the four K edition. Ooh. You could hear still people gasp at the end when the yeah. ending occurs. Yeah. Spoilers. Well, so like yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah it's all a, movies end. Right. I'm not saying what happens, but you could, I mean, people were still affected and so many people are still coming to the film. And I think ultimately because partially it's a black and white film. And I know for some audiences out there and, and I'm not focusing on, an, on a young audience, I'm actually blaming some of the older folk out there. They just, it's something that doesn't interest them or our, they think it's going to be boring. our
0: generation.
1: Oh, like it took our, me a while to get to it because I did feel Growing up, that it was an old movie. Yeah. Which, again, I put the mirror right back on me when I hear younger saying, kids saying, well, 80s films are older movies. I'm like, no, yeah, they are. Well, yeah, they
0: are. I would be hard pressed to find somebody our age who was willing to sit down and watch, like, the original Dracula. You know what I'm saying? So well, like, well
1: you have to be Gary I think, Oldman.
0: No, not Gary Oldman. Get out of here. So. Well, you
1: have to be. I think a little bit younger because the, for the most part, a lot of those films are, especially the Universal films. I think are more in gate level, gateway. Right. For the most part, but Night of the Living Dead.
0: No, Night of the Living Dead is still proper horror. It's
1: hardcore horror. It's
0: still proper horror.
1: You you feel the weight of the trial. It's um, but ultimately not only important for independent filmmaking and horror. And something I know to this day, I should say to his to his last day ultimately, uh, Romero always said he casted Dwayne Jones based on his acting ability, and that mm-hmm. was it. And whether that is true or not, this film has so much to say about race in America. Oh, yeah. That, like I said, in 68, in the midst of the civil rights era, it had packed a punch. But out in 2020, with everything that has occurred, like I said, that is a movie now that you can play along with, do the right thing, mm-hmm. I think, and it would play just as powerful. And all this from a little independent filmmaker from Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah. The problems that we we're facing back in 1968 we're still facing today. Oh yeah. And again, like what Zom- what Romero teaches us with this movie, especially, it's not the zombies we need to be worried it's, about. It's never the zombies that we're supposed to be worried about. Yep. They're just like the outside threat danger. It's They're how, the darkness out there. It's
1: how we react. To these zombies. Exactly. And hell, at this point now, you can throw the zombies of the coronavirus at this point. Yeah. And granted, that is the thing that's still getting us, but it's how we're reacting to it. Are how are we fortifying our houses ultimately in in response to this kind of stuff? And
0: what are we doing or not doing to keep our people and our families safe. Safe.
1: Yeah. It's it's universal ultimately. Now all that, so oh, yeah, we love the original. Yeah. Like I said, it is well worth uh, on Criterion, well worth your buy on that. And if you, and you haven't seen it,
0: e- even if you don't get the Criterion, even if you get one of those, you, like well,
1: you, you can go. It because and we'll get to the importance of copyright here ultimately, yeah. and why and there's a reason why in every horror movie. If someone in the movie is watching a movie...
0: They're watching Night of the Living Dead. But you can go buy it a DVD at one of those dollar. Oh, absolutely. For, so there's, no, horror fans, there's no excuse for not to have some sort of version of Night of the Living Dead. And
1: you? and Genius, you are one to warn against hype. I don't think you can hype this film no. up anymore than no. it, it
0: is. It's it's Night of the Living Dead. It, Normies yeah. know Night of the Living Dead.
1: Exactly. Normies are probably the I've seen that's of the Night of the Living Dead for the most part. Yeah, right? No, and again... This is something that back in the late '60s, people scoffed at this film. You know, it was it almost got an X rating because it was just so perverse and violent. Mm-hmm. But it was subversive and it was smart. And it scared people. Yes. It
0: scared it scared people to yes. the point where they weren't not just scared at the horrors on the screen, but what the horror was trying to say.
1: Oh, and that's the beauty of of all of Romero's films, for the most part, or at least the ones that have really, really hit ultimately. Mm-hmm. And while we're talking Romero. Uh, I believe Martin should be getting a Blu-ray release later this year. Martin is
0: dope. Martin is the unsung Romero. Martin is, Martin is fantastic. It's, I think uh, it's I, probably some, one of his like smartest work.
1: Oh yeah, I would say top three Romero. Yeah. I can easily go, go with that. I go day Romero. I go day. No, night Martin and Creepshow.
0: show. Don Martin and creep show. That's right. See, see, and again,
1: yeah. every taste is different, especially yeah. with those zombie films. Um, also, I had a chance recently. I watched *Vampires Kiss* for the first time.
0: I'm a vampire.
1: Would play very interesting as a double feature with Martin. Yeah, it would. The kind of a compare and contrast there. Um, but if you're going to remake, then so we've heaped a lot of praise. Uh, again, right. This is sag- a sacred film, sacred ground. Yeah. So, how do you remake? night of the living dead
0: the only way that they did and the only way that they should was with romero's blessing romero right there and romero's original screenplay. yes and that's the only way to do that and it had to have been someone that romero trusted to give that vision and that's why i think tom savini was the perfect
1: choice and this is tech this is his direct directorial debut now do you know the interesting trivia on him and his relation with the original night of the living dead
0: yeah he was going to be the special effects on it but then by then he was off to vietnam And so he was seeing real guts, real gore.
1: And what's interesting, though, is that when he brought that baggage home with him, that's what he really used as his references for a lot of his gore and gags, Mm -hmm. which is why a lot of his stuff, when you see it, you're like, oh, oh, because it's more
0: realistic. It definitely looks more real.
1: So maybe in a way that was a saving grace. Maybe it wouldn't have been as wonderful, you know, on Night of the Living Dead as it could have been given, you know, what he went through with vietnam and just what again what he brought back with him
0: it's interesting which paths our lives lead to us and where our paths then reconverge because here he is working with romero doing so many other things with romero after the fact and then finally like hey why don't you direct a remake of this that's got to be like a top fucking honor,
1: right? That's like you know getting to see the sea scroll, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Ultimately, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, by the way, would you like a little insider view here? It's like, are you kidding? Of course. And you know, with someone like Savini, that and just given the all-around artist that he is, he's not going to take it lightly. He is going to hold. He knows the reverence that people hold with this film. He knows that it's a piece of history.
0: It's not going to be like when you it, you hear that when somebody remakes a horror movie or makes a franchise movie and they've never seen the other franchise. Or they never seen the other things that it spawned from that. You know, they, it's they like, just
1: know the IP is popular and can mm-hmm, make money.
0: Yeah, but, but not, but not this, not this route. And that's the only way to do that because this could have been something terrible. This oh, could have been
1: well, and it's really funny. We talked about the copyright thing, and that's ultimately they lost the copyright because it went from Night of the Flesh Eaters, which they had copyrighted, to Night of the Living Dead, which they didn't. And I think a lot of the the, the idea of the remake because. Twenty-two years, so right off the bat, yeah. we've cleared fifteen. Yeah, there so we, we know. go. There We're we go. There. Check, check, there. Check, <laughs> check, 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 um, check. But ultimately, I think for the most part, it was a. Res- they, we they figured, well, why don't we remake this and make some money now? Yeah. Ultimately, because they could make and redeem the profits from that,
0: especially when you find out that your movie's been a cultural phenomenon, and you're not seeing dick One from red it scent. Yeah, you're not seeing nothing.
1: That might be the biggest crime. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. The fact that they Romero and all those cats shouldn't have had to work for the rest of their lives built around that one film.
0: I mean, it's good that they got the notoriety from what they did and certainly and drove and the, and them, made them hungry. I'm sure. Right. But, but at the same time, man, you know, it, could, it would have been nice to see something from it. It's like working for free. Like it's cool. You know, but like at at some point in time, like I'm only a little bit of something, something on the plate. So it's so it's it's so I understand. Yeah. And it's good to see the little fucking make some money. And I'm glad that they did. I'm glad that they finally did with this movie.
1: And one of the things that they can ultimately address is, again, 22 years later, the technology has changed. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that's why important that 15 years window there is because if we can update some of the technology to indeed truly make things better certainly yeah let's let's give it a try and that's the one thing i i will admit i did reverse engineer i saw this one first before i went to the original oh yeah i did really really wow yeah uh, which i think hey, ne- hey. Uh, and i think a lot of people might may have uh-huh. because again when i was growing up I didn't want to watch the little black and white film. Oh, my stupid. That's good. but with with the remake, it's in color. Yeah, that's a oh, I
0: saw, I saw that trailer.
1: There's all sorts of goodness yeah. to it. So yeah, I was. I won't admit. I was the shiny thing. Ultimately, got me. Um,
0: I saw the original on TV. It was always on Halloween time because yes. you could yes. always see it. And then I just remember one day, like like you, like. Eh black and white i want to see something splatter you know because i'm young and again there's a discipline to some of that but then i sat and watched it and i was like oh this is really good and i just wound up watching it and from then on i'm like of living Dead's dope you know and then return of the living dead and all that stuff and then i remember seeing this movie i don't think I saw it in the theaters. I would have been about that time where I could have seen it in the theaters.
1: 1990 would have been
0: that I, time, yeah, ultimately. Yeah, where I would have been probably, but I think this was more of a home video yep. catch.
1: Oh, mine was definitely on HBO, ultimately. Uh, but that being said, it's been a long time mm-hmm. since I have rewatched it. Uh, this is another one of those, like probably it's been close to 15 years since I've watched this film. Wow. Oh, yeah, no, this is one... Uh, again, I always I always have a little radius there of the marriage years, the pre-marriage years, and it goes beyond like pre. So it's been a long time since I've watched this.
0: Uh, maybe about six, seven years for me. So, so I a mean, bit it's, of a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch, but I I come back to it.
1: Okay, but I was gonna say, but it's not on your regular rotation. Not
0: regular rotation, but I definitely seen it like within like the like five, six years. But because like <laughs> I really. Fucking love this movie
1: okay let's let's get into it
0: let's get into it i really love this movie in fact i might say that i think this is better than the original this was the hot take you were talking about yeah i I don't think it's necessarily
1: hot take but but I, i will say let's show your work here
0: okay um i overall because I was looking at it, the pros and the cons of what I like in the original versus what I like in, in the remake, mm-hmm. um, and the pro side on the remake won a little bit more. I liked what they did. First of all, let me get the, to get spoilers first out of the way. Um, I think the ending of the original had more of a punch. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of those punch that still plays well today.
1: Oh yeah! Again, I heard people react.
0: That being said, I still think the punch of the remake still plays well today. I think this is one that didn't play that well at the beginning, but now looking back on it, it plays significantly well as well. Now, because it is about fear and it is about like of something the other versus us. There's and there's still that race relations mm-hmm. in the in there too. It's not so much as a. Back in the day, like, <gasps> you know, but it's still like, you. we need to listen to what this movie is trying to say. Yeah. So I like the, the original one better, um, the ending. Um, I liked what they did with Barbara. Oh, that's... And I think that's what pushed this movie a little bit over the edge with this one. Yes, the guts and the gore and all that is still there, and it's better in the in the remake as well because i mean it's savini versus it is a budget versus not yeah so that without saying i just think story-wise character wise i think the remake is better and i think that's why that would makes this movie a little bit better than the original with all the esteem and everything that the, the original deserves i just think that because of that this is a more enjoyable fun movie to watch
1: that's just not necessarily better but more watchable
0: yeah but I but if you ask me like hey which one do you like better do you want to watch the remake or do you want to watch the original I'm like I kind of want to watch the remake it's it's more I like it a lot I I, like it more you you
1: got that tone in your voice man like you're defending I totally get it I totally get it no this is um I love what they did with Barbara uh because in the original she's too catatonic she doesn't do shit she's grating in catatonic it's horrible and I think that's kind of the purpose of the character at that point, but man, to go from that to what Patricia Tallman, uh, excuse me, Patricia Tillman, represents, and her portrayal is next level. This is a per- performance not enough people talk about, it, I don't no, think, in no. the horror world.
0: We watch her go from, it's like Linda Hamilton. Yeah. She goes straight from uh, like demure and like sweet, school marmish, if you will. And the next thing you know, she's blowing zombies away willy nilly and having a fucking ball doing it. And so it's, in the original, it was Ben's story. Yep. In the remake, it's Ben and Barbara's story. B&B, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody dance now. And they're doing the thriller dance. But, um, no, I like that aspect from her, like that was one of my main beasts even watching like back in the day i was yelling at the screen like, like do something barbara do yeah. something do something you know and then this one she becomes pro- proactive she's she's the goddamn voice of reason yes if they would have listened to her from the get from the get she, they would have been
1: they would have survived she's totally the, uh, the 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 audience surrogate because she's the one that says they're walking so slow we let's could go walk go around by and them. And she like, goes,
0: why don't we go now? And there's only three or four of them. And like, that's oh, fucking brilliant. C- can't have a movie without that. But
1: no, but, I, and, and, well, let's go. But, or no, you could, because then you do a Walking Dead-esque thing yeah. or you take them out of the house.
0: But also, this also brings into light now that it was still back then, but also a lot of toxic masculinity in this movie oh, yeah. with Cooper and the fact that nobody is listening to Barbara, even though Barber's the one that's like
1: and they're constantly saying calm down and she while while she's unloading on a zombie to make a point yeah and like listen no i, oh, you I am think this is,
0: you think this is a hoax pop yeah. you think this is just a game pop
1: you, you all f- are acting like kids i'm the one holding my shit together right ultimately. While it's, you
0: guys are fighting yes. each other we got bigger fish to fry and i think that's what makes this movie just as pressing and not necessarily as the, with racial relations in the original but But with the way things are going today, Mm -hmm. if we just stop fucking acting like babies and fighting each other and realize that there's bigger worries out there that we need to take care of, then half of us wouldn't be down in the basement getting chopped up by our kids and the other half wouldn't be getting shot up by rednecks. So it's like, what what are we doing here? What are we doing here? And so it's like... People aren't listening to the Barbaras. People aren't saying, look, if we just move around, we can walk walking right past them. But no, we want to fight. That's stupid. And so that's why I think this movie is a bit more prescient now.
1: Barbara realized that you can socially distance so much easier <laughs> when they, when the virus is few. It's all about right. acting. When, yeah. No man now this viewing just became totally different now
0: i was because i was watching this and i was like god damn because i was watching this like yesterday yeah oh yeah and with all the shit going on I, you can't help but like well draw parallels with it and
1: that's the best thing and that's the best compliment i can give a horror film when it can actually reflect the times when you are watching it not when it was made
0: 30 years ago 30 years ago and like
1: Was this on our honorable mention for 1990? Absolutely it was. Okay, thank Christ.
0: Absolutely it was, because I championed this movie. I love this reboot. I was going to say,
1: I'm surprised it didn't compete in the Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament.
0: Well, but you know what? When we were doing the March Madness, it would have not played the same. No, that's very true. It would that's have not true. played the same because we did it in January. Oh, yeah. you know, it was a different world back then.
1: Truly another time. Another place. It's kind of crazy. Uh, but,
0: but yeah, no, this movie is, is fantastic.
1: Uh, Patricia Tillman also I was familiar with with her role in another Romero film that I know you say- I gotta see it. But if you haven't seen Knight Riders, it is- it is a it's a weird movie. Like first and foremost, but
0: does Ed Harris dance?
1: Don't let go. He does a little medieval jig there. It was kind of hey, great. They're
0: playing on lutes. Don't let go.
1: Boom boom boom. Do, do, do. <laughs> uh, but it all it would strangely enough, it's one of those movies that is more akin to your film family mm-hmm. and the struggles of staying independent versus going corporate. Uh, some great stuff in there. Also Savini wearing this crazy. Get up with this cod piece. It's again, if you just do Savini Night Riders, it's you guarantee you're going to see the shot. But it's young, like virile Savini as well, with a mustache, of course. Good
0: because young, virile Savini and Martin without a mustache was freaky as fuck. That
1: was the scariest thing in the movie. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was. It was terrifying. But uh, Patricia Tillman, also in Knight Riders as well, she and did an amazing job. She actually does a lot of stunt work. Which you can see ultimately, oh, yeah. like, and that's the physicality she brings to the role as well. Yeah, I think is phenomenal. So I, I think she is kind of the the nadir of the film. But and she's
0: the best shot in the fucking movie. She
1: was it Andrea in the comics, I believe that was the, the dead eye. Yeah, in Walking Dead back in the day, maybe a little inspiration from maybe. that. Maybe, but the, the as as you have a Barbara, we also have a Ben, and damn, if they, you know, and that's it,
0: perfect <laughs> casting.
1: And Tony Todd at that point has – and what I love with Tony Todd is, yes, he's the candy man. Yeah. Yes, he is beloved in the horror genre. But, but he's
0: a goddamn good actor.
1: He, the, he shows up in Platoon mm-hmm. in 86, film. which is a film. Yeah,
0: Academy Award-winning Platoon. And he's great in it. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he shows up in The Rock. at the. He shows up in – all your favorite genre Cri- films.
0: Criterion released The Rock.
1: Very, very good. Good pull. So he shows up in stuff that sometimes you forget that he is involved in, but he's just so beloved because he is a great actor. Mm-hmm. And the life he brings to Ben.
0: Yeah. Wow. And just this, the again, just his physicality. He's a striking presence. He's like, he's Tony Todd and his voice. You know what I'm saying? Like when he first comes out of the truck and he's got that hook and like, shit, Candyman's gonna fuck up some zombies. And because he, he's got that tire iron and he's like, <laughs> Didn't even make that. I... It was all for you, Barbara. You know? And just... <laughs> but no, here's the thing. He, there was a scene when he is talking in front of the fireplace. And the tears are coming down his eyes and you can just see him trying to hold shit together, trying to explain it to himself and in his mind, but yet trying to like, we have to do something. I was there. People were just, and he's just so calm, but his eyes are just like tears. And I was like, God damn, Candyman, you are selling the shit out of this. And And
1: that's why I think ultimately his presence lends the gravitas to this film that may potentially, with a lot of people, give it the edge over it because Dwayne Jones is wonderful in the original. Yeah, but damn, Tony Todd. Tony Todd kills he's, it. Uh, he's just one of those guys. Again, he makes everything he's in just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. He uh, Adam Green talks about how his his uh, process with acting that he explores the room. And he interacts with any and everything that's around props people like to figure out what what good ways to make the character better. And when you look at Ben and again, think of the baggage that comes along with that character and what that character again means in horror and U.S. Relation. I mean, just the U.S. history. So there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. And again, some can argue his Ben might be a little better.
0: Mm -hmm. So it's. It's well because like, his story. I was just sitting at the diner, minding my own business, and then and
1: then, in every story about how the zombie apocalypse that initial start has always fascinated me. Before it, everything is yeah. overrun, the nas- the early hours just when
0: wa- just hanging out doing nothing, re- and then next thing you know, nom nom nom. Like what the fuck? Why is everybody running? If I see a whole bunch of people running towards me. I'm just going to be like, okay, and I'm not going to be like, what's going on? I mean, for example,
1: what if right now, all of a sudden, a zombie, we heard outside, even though within these stone walls, it would be tough, and the squidly diddly over there, Mm -hmm. if we heard someone screaming like they were being attacked or this or that, and again, the randomness and that initial spark, how would we react?
0: I would would look first, okay, just to see what I was dealing with, because if it's slow zombies, that's going to affect my react yeah, my answer that's if fair that zombies then th- that's a whole different contingency plan you know what i'm saying so like it all depends or if it's not if it's like aliens or whatever right. whatever is being attacked it all depends on what i'm dealing with that's, you know that's a
1: good assessment i like that
0: so you got to stay calm first before you figure out what the problem is but
1: again and but again not everyone is equipped with that no not, everybody, not everybody
0: watches horror you know
1: <laughs> which is why again the, the 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 breakout happens ultimately um now across to, uh, from Tony Todd as playing Cooper, who... You,
0: you can't have a, a good hero without a nasty villain. I was cursing him the whole entire movie. I distinctly remember
1: a visceral reaction to his character the very first few times I, I watched this film that has always stayed with me. Like,
0: Fuck you, dude. Fuck you, dude. It's
1: Tom Towles in the role, and uh, it's so really... slimy. Well, and he's only then... A few years off of his uh, performance as Otis in Henry's Portrait of a Serial Killer, which I finally got around to seeing last year.
0: That's a mean, ugly movie, isn't it?
1: Well, and I knew that, and that's the reason I had stayed away. There was a classic I've seen that for me, because I knew every little bits and pieces. I knew of the notorious, the beheading scene. I knew the the camcorder scene. But again, getting and sitting through that one is tough. And And now he's
0: Mary Poppins, y'all.
1: Uh, yeah the, the rook yeah, it yeah so bizarre to see that that transformation ultimately uh but it was funny i was listening to the commentary track and at the time savini was recording it had still not seen henry portrait of a serial killer but he had been recommended tom towels through you know so but yeah his perfor- performance as cooper is just evil uh, he just
0: do you think there's also another meaning because when we see cooper he's in a tuxedo and haves
1: and the haves nots yeah to look
0: that's another and like because they were stuck in a farmhouse but he's like no i'm he's just somebody that just came in and like this is mine now and then close off from everybody
1: i'm a wealthy white man yeah my opinion matters the most yep Oh. i'm sorry we're the problem it's just one of those things <laughs> no but at
0: the same time you can't help but like notice oh, no, these kind it's, of things it's, it's once again it's the, the the signs of the times and unfortunately no, no matter when a wh- horror is made whatever we watch we bring our own horror perspective into it you yeah. know we we probably have some listeners right now pissed off the fuck at us you guys are full of shit You don't know what you're talking about, which is true, which is 100 percent true and valid. (laughs) I mean, but, you know, at the same time, our
1: opinions are ours.
0: Exactly. And but I Uh, think it's but you can't help but see shit like
1: that. Of course not. You know, because we're trying to deal with the stuff that is going on in society right now. And a lot of the ways that we will do that is working it out through a movie like Night of the Living Dead, where we can see all that stuff happening and we can work with it and we can try to work through it.
0: And I think that's what makes this movie fantastic because this is a scary movie not because a, of the monsters i mean yes well, there's yeah. some good jump, and there's some good there's zombies there's some in here great zombies and there's some great gore and i want to go into some we'll of this gore those. but i think this is a scary movie because it makes you stop and think it makes you like these are some of the horror of society how would we deal look what happens like i think he said it didn't take as long for us to turn on each other it
1: doesn't take long for the world to part blah, blah, doesn't take long for the world to fall apart, does it? I wrote it down, yeah, because I was like, damn, right, damn.
0: And then he says, and then another one line I liked, he's like, You gotta fight, you gotta fight what you're thinking, you have to fight what you're feeling, and you just have to fight. You just have to fight, and it's just like, golly, then Savini and Romero dropping nuggets. That's that's like horror, like with great power comes great responsibilities. Well, he's
1: taking all the good plays from Romero's playbook and making them work for 1990s night of the living dead
0: to 2020 which
1: is why like yeah ultimately why it still plays that way 30 years later um let's talk about the kills and the gore um this is a film unfortunately set in the year of 1990 which the MPAA still had a mad on for horror films
0: they were the worst slashers of all the uh, all those and movies. especially
1: if you have a name like Romero and Savini they're
0: waiting to shut the shit
1: they couldn't wait to hack at this film
0: if they would have kept some of the deleted scenes in there this would have been well and i wonderfully bloody and gory i'm
1: wondering though maybe if ultimately that's why we don't have as many people that come to this film because this is i would say a lot of people always forget you talk about the great remakes you throw out night of the living dead they go oh, oh. either are gonna go oh yeah or they they remade that
0: they remade that it's like <laughs> Man.
1: So maybe if we had some of the extra gore included um, John Vulich was the uh, effects supervisor at that time who had worked under Savini and there are great squibs.
0: Squibs. There's a lot of great squibs. A lot of great squibs.
1: And one of the highlights ultimately and one of my favorite exchanges in the entire film is when that really skinny zombie comes Mm -hmm. in and uh, Barbara just starts unloading on him. And it was unloading on him to prove a point. Number yeah. one, that like, okay, if this is a human being, if I shouldn't be shooting them, why is this not killing him? Mm-hmm. You know? and Oh, they're
0: not dead? Is this not is dead? Is this not dead? Is
1: this not dead? And you get the two, ge- the gentleman on each side going, hey, calm down, you're losing it. And she then addresses like, no, I'm not losing it. I'm proving a point. You all are acting like children. Stop
0: fucking around.
1: So that in itself is a great scene. But you see then this exposed skin and the squibs popping out. Which is wonderful, and it's effective. It's practical. It's the so only good. thing
0: that would have made that better if it was David Letterman. If he like busted, it, if he busted the wall, uh, hey, hey, how's it going? There's Paul, and then like squib, squib, squib. If you all haven't seen
1: it, go to YouTube right now. Savini used used to come on uh, on Letterman back in the day. There were two appearances, and he only made two appearances for a reason. It is well, and I'll be honest. If you you show up to anything that we host and it's involving Savini a little, mm-hmm. I will it's probably close with there. that. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, because it's, it's super funny. It's great, but that zombie himself is good. Design, it's good looking awesome. zombie,
0: and the, the, just the squibs. And another one I like is when um I like the the whole scene I liked is when uh, Barbara kind of loses her shit at the very end, where she's just walking by the zombie and she's not killing it. And then there's that baby doll zombie, and then I thought it was
1: a Helen Keller zombie. 'Cause it couldn't see. Yeah. Her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, um no, but then she turns around and she and then you see the squib in the back of the head kind of yes. Oh, uh oh we got he man down. Um He's just a
1: faker, it's fine.
0: Okay. <laughs> and so then that was a good squib too. That was a good one. Um I liked when they ran the dude over with a car.
1: Very effective, and even better is the after effect. Yeah, when he's when got he's like the like- scorpion look there. So, and that's enough very simple where you just you have someone in the ground. Mm-hmm. And what I love with Savini is the fact that he he approaches effects like magic.
0: Yeah abracadabra <laughs> it's,
1: it's all about the prestige the it is the prestige hand.
0: the like the, the the misdirection and the fact that he is all about practical yes he is all about practical and yeah. even like i'll give the i'll <laughs> it's cheesy now but then it was kind of cool when he's when she's beating the farmer guy and it just looks like a big, like, I I, I like that. I did, too. I did, I did too, because and actually, it's
1: practical. That, that entire sequence when the uncle shows up initially and he falls off the That's thing. That's
0: terrifying. That's terrifying. That's because, like, I'm a big dude and I don't want another big dude falling on me from that height.
1: It's kind of terrifying. Yeah, it
0: is. And, uh, and Bill Mosley coming out of nowhere doing great. Wait. They're coming to get you, Barbara.
1: And he was a few years removed from uh, Chop Top, uh-huh. ultimately, of which the, uh, Savini did the effects work on as well. So they already had an established relationship, and he—that's the, the perfect kind of part for him because he does make it memorable. Yeah. And there's also a little misdirection in that opening scare as well, mm-hmm. where
0: when you think it's like the original, here comes the first zombie.
1: Which who I thought for a second when he showed up was with the, the Foo Fly Shoe guy.
0: Me too. And he's like, what's going on? Where am I? Did I miss my train? You know, I totally thought it was shoe Fly Shoe. It might it's, be. Because like after this, he gets pissed off and he hops on the train, right? Get, to escape the zombie. Then he thinks he escapes the zombie. And next thing you know, he sees a meteorite fall from the sky. So he's just having a, he's having the
1: worst kind of day, yeah, ultimately. Yeah,
0: Pee Wee won't listen to his songs. Like, dude, it's just rough it's just for the flies of the buttermilk.
1: Sadly it wasn't him <laughs> turns out but but again good misdirection and then that opening zombie.
0: Yeah. I remember
1: gnarly terrified of him
0: as a kid. Cuz that's the thing the ghouls ghouls the ghouls in uh Romero's original they were very scary and ghoulish cuz just the number of them but you add the fact that they're rotting and decaying with uh with Savini's yeah. it just adds that extra fear and we do
1: have then 22 years of um, you know advances Text, in then, special effects mm-hmm. which i think is another reason ultimately why not let's yeah. let's go ahead and introduce it to a new crowd because then i think ultimately we've talked about how it's different uh, obviously with the updating of barbara on the uh, the the effects itself um any other of the good kills or effects work that we need to highlight
0: uh they were all the zombies were great. Yeah, I, I mean, thought... like, even even the background zombies, and it's just as you see somebody with, like, a little bit of paint and smeared on them, and, like, it still worked. Well, they were still terrified. I did really enjoy the zombie that comes up and rips his clothes off, and then it reveals that he's, like, all autopsies and shit. I'm like, that's crazy. And then I oh. also thought that, okay, this does bring him a, a little bit more impression because Savini was, like, uh Romero was talking about how this was like the horrors of Vietnam war. Mm-hmm. Well, Savini was like, this is the horrors of like r- drug overdose and drug use and the AIDS crisis and viruses and shit like that. Because you saw the one zombie walking and he's all OD'd mm-hmm. and he's he'll so, yeah. So there we go. There's another little bit of yeah. like more like it's another shit. layer. Yeah. Because there wasn't like heroin overdoses and shit like that back in 60. I mean, there was, but I mean, there wasn't rampant like it right. was. right. So no, yeah, I mean, it's,
1: it's, it's bizarre how that works. Um, one of my favorite sequences that you have to have in a zombie film is the fortification sequence. Smart. One way or the other. Take the
0: goddamn doors off.
1: That's right. And
0: oh, go. Uh, no, no, no. You're... Speaking of one thing, I forgot. It pissed me off when what was his name? I wanted to call him Randy. Randy and Bobby Sue. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I was really with them for the whole for the whole time. In fact, there was a lovely scene when. Um, he, when Tony Todd is saying, "Okay, you can either stay up here or you can go down there," and he starts going down there, and Tom Talis is like, "eh," and then he goes, "Randy Sue, come on up!" and he then <laughs> he just see Tom Talis go, Oh But and I was with them all that because I'm they were like that's a good idea that's smart get the truck yes we need help you're being proactive but then what makes him think that he's gonna shoot the lock off the goddamn gasoline and I'm like come on dude I had you you I had your back all the way up until there then you do some stupid ass shit because I don't know you know I don't have like a high tolerance for stupidity and so it's like come on man
1: I I totally get it and that's one (laughs) of the things it made me laugh this time because I remembered it coming I'm like oh he's gonna be a crispy critter.
0: yeah he is yes. and sure enough they pulled yep. his ass out from the fire and started nomming, nomming. how do you like yours <laughs> You're like, mm, well done send, <laughs> send more rednecks and then just like <laughs> just start blowing up but sure enough they send more rednecks man and oh. that's, that's another thing that's another part about this movie the ending let's talk yeah. about the
1: ending because like as we said before the original has an ending and we're going to spoil it here so consider yourself warned but when Ben is shot and killed at the end, like I said, that is just so heart-wrenching and it's so on the nose. Yeah. You couldn't really recreate it. So I like what they did with this one. Me too. They did, They did Take technically made it a different spin where Ben succumbs to his, his wounds ultimately and becomes mm-hmm. a zombie, pops out of the basement, and they allow – then uh, he dies ultimately, of course, and it's the barber that doesn't kill him, which I I like ultimately because then ultimately Cooper's come up and, yeah. and that's but
0: did you notice there was a small brief like maybe do you think there was recognition, recognition. see that's what I'm thinking because Romero it's, has always had smart zombies yeah. he's always yeah. had smart zombies so like it would make sense if there if especially if he's freshly dead mm-hmm. and all the time that he spent with Barbara to be like hey, hey. and then pop you know so we don't it's, again there's that ambiguity and ambiguity 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 that you have ambiguity ambiguity that's (laughs) words are hard words are hard and kind of like how in the original there was that ambiguity 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 whether they knew that he was alive and they were being racist or they did it you know and so then that kind of takes it away but it puts a spin on it but then to see cooper come down and you came back for me Yup, pop love that i've loved that
1: that would to me was like ah that's the release i needed ultimately mm-hmm. and then ultimately you talked about her escape and everything where she does literally just go walks around them but it leads to the ending which is a very similar also to the original where she does find herself with all the the rowdy rednecks the survivalists out there that are having a good time mm-hmm. ultimately and it does just show how nasty we are we've got the little zombie wrestling ring
0: the fact that it turns into a goddamn carnival, that there's funnel cake stands and there's food trucks, and th- they are literally like a stage and a microphone away from having like a concert, like an outdoor oh, yeah. festival.
1: Yeah, Kid but, Rock would have loved it.
0: Right. Guaranteed. And then there and see, that's the thing. That's the thing that's kind of fucked up. It's like, and I know that when shit goes down, if we really have zombies, we're going to have to separate them from us for right, our own right, survival. Right. But at the same time, these were people, you know? Well, I as mean, she like, says. They are us, and we are them. Because what's the first thing? What is the first thing we do instead of, like, taking care of the rest of the problem? Like, because we know that this ain't all over the place, and we know if there's a night, there's going to be a dawn. So what do we do instead of taking care of the problem? We're fucking around. We're playing, like, games, like, piñata with them and having, like, backyard wrestling with zombies instead of, like, okay, we should probably mobilize and really take care of this.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it's... The hubris of man. Yeah, And I'm just, you know, everything that we see here on out, like especially with these remakes, I'll be curious to see what 2020 has done to our viewings and our perceptions of it. Because like you said, um, it's been a long, 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 long time since I've watched this film. But I guarantee you the viewing the last time I saw it was so different from this viewing that I just had, you know, the other day. And like we said, that's the power of cinema. That's why we need the arts, why we need people to be able to continue to do this because it it is cathartic. It is healing. Horror heals. Mm -hmm. Horror has always been healing. The community itself, which, and again, the horror community in and of itself can definitely do a lot better. (sighs) Again, ultimately, but but, um, biggest surprise of the viewing this last time Mm -hmm. was one of the producers.
0: Yes. Yes. I heard it down there like, eh, let's make a zombie movie. It's going to be great. Let's throw a movie. So this movie is kind of canon. It
1: is kind of canon. Menahein Golan was one of the producers on this film, which I was like, holy shit. I
0: I did not know that. It was a pleasant surprise. I, you know what? That's the only thing that would have made this movie any better is to see the dun, 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 the Canon logo pop mm, up.
1: That would have been good. That would have been great. That would have been we, wonderful. We, would,
0: we, we wouldn't have waited years to talk about it.
1: would have been like <laughs> would, the first 10 episodes. Right,
0: we wouldn't have waited to episode 210. It would have been 10. So. <laughs> well, it's ultimately,
1: I'm glad I walked away with this, uh, truly enjoying the film again, given just you know, the beating that we've taken. It was good to watch, ultimately. So I think this is probably the best way to kind of launch off a month of remakes. Um, Let's see. Did we cover everything? So, oh, let's see here. Now, first and foremost, we talked the years, Mm -hmm. we talked that, and then. It was technically uh, why remake it? Well, to make I some, think
0: yeah, it it's still prescient. Yeah, and I mean, to
1: make get some money, you know, let's yeah, face it, it's a cash grab. And but it's a good, cash, it's a good grab. cash grab. It's a cash grab that has artistic merit.
0: And It has heart, and re- yeah. and I think that's the thing. It has reverence for the source material. Yeah, like extreme reverence and the blessing of the original creator.
1: And that's what I'm going to be curious to find as we go through this journey, just in terms again looking at the um, differences uh, between the original and the remake. And the relationships between those as well. You know, is it reverent? What are they doing with it? And should be kind of fascinating for the Mm -hmm. most part. Uh, I'm not going to say that everything we're going to talk about this month is revered across the board. No. Um, In fact, I I think one of them is kind of, and then the other ones are a little bit more wild cards potentially.
0: Especially the, I've seen that. I've seen divisive um, divisive things on the i've seen that one
1: so have i actually and i'm not even talking about the mustache he is wearing currently in this day uh but i'm looking forward to the feeling of deja vu that we're gonna get so All over again la- last thoughts uh, on night of the living dead from 1990 genius
0: i'm glad they kept that they're coming to catch you barbara yeah i love that
1: and, and actually the way he goes out this time is that just deadfall yeah horrible yeah horrible so your guys' thoughts on Night of the Living Dead, uh, your favorite remakes out there. What is your favorite of the, the franchise? You know what? Rank them right now. As of the day we're recording, I'm going to throw out all of them. All Survival, the Diary, Land, Day, Dawn, Night. God damn, there's six of them Wait, in there.
0: Okay, so okay, so all the originals, are you talking about remakes too? Because are we talking about remakes of the dawn, remakes of the dead, and remakes of the dead? And that's something I guess we didn't even
1: touch up how technically that... All of his films... Have
0: gotten remakes. All yeah. of the dead have actually, Night of the Living Dead has gotten two remakes. Yeah, there's the that. The other one with the 3D was Sid yep. Haig, which is not
1: that good. I've heard that.
0: I've seen it. It's not that
1: good. I'm going to say the originals. Survival, okay. Diary, Land, Day, Dawn, Night.
0: Like right now. Right, right now, now. like What right would now.
1: Genius McGee say right now?
0: Fuck. Um. I would say... Uh, Dawn, Day land night um survival diary
1: i'm gonna go day land night dawn diary and survival based on right now now you ask me this tomorrow it
0: might be different it
1: could potentially change but land of the dead is another one
0: land of the dead is i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed land of the dead
1: that was i think it's getting a reappraisal yeah. Ultimately, I think more people are coming to it.
0: There's a lot it, that that There's is definitely going has on. and has nots in that one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of class stuff too. He's it's, always been even though he'd been and say like, Oh, I didn't mean to, I think he knew what he was doing. I think he knew what he was
1: doing. <laughs> well, and I just again it just shows the importance of Romero's work to the horror genre, to the the film the film in and of itself. He was an innovator and will continue to inspire i think to this day ultimately so that being said until the next time we remake here this is greg d i'm genius mcgee and we'll see you in your dreams